Hometown Sports. Call or text at 916-339-1140. Yes, sir, Sacramento. Throw your hands in the air and wave them like you just don't care. He's Chris Watkins. I'm Zachariah. One hour in the books. Three to go right here on Sacktown Sports 1140. As the big voice told you, you can call or text the show, 916-339-1140. We are YouTube live streaming. Just search Sacktown Sports. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Zach Sports, Z-A-K Sports. And he is at Chris M. Watkins. Coming up at 1115. They still haven't done anything with Harden, Chris. I can't believe it. It's like I the, mean, I don't think anything's going to happen at this rate. It's like the last piece. I know, yeah, he's the last remnants of of this off season of of movement. Yeah, still hasn't been moved. Mm-hmm. Still hasn't found a. Home. And as of right now, if you're a Kings fan, you want it to remain that way because yep. he's in the East, not yep. the West. Definitely don't want him going to the Clippers. Yeah, we've been sure. we've been shipping everybody to the West. Yes, yeah, Portland has been hooking us up with that. <laughs> uh, but right now we have a guest, and it is our pleasure to be joined by Chris Biederman. Follow him on Twitter at that name. Chris Biederman, you can check out his Candlestick Chronicles podcast, Talking Niners, and he joins us now. Chris, how are you, sir? I'm outstanding. How are you guys? Oh, that's great. No complaints. I mean, yeah, let me just ask you a personal question. Uh Uh-oh. When you you cover a team, do you enjoy it way more when they're good, or do you kind of like it when they're bad, or do you want something in between? How does it go covering a team when they're this damn good? Uh, from, from a business perspective, I, I think them being good is, is generally better for business because there's more interest and more eyeballs and, um, you know, more opportunities to maybe keep business going later in the season, um, if you catch my drift. But, uh, you know, like my thing with, with the Niners right now, too, is as good as they are, it's, I mean, they're, they're so good that it's not boring, but there's a, there, there can be elements of sometimes teams are just so good that there isn't really much interesting many interesting things to talk about but i do think the niners are are so good that it's that it is interesting because you can talk about them you know relative to the 1994 team which was obviously a a historically good team even even for the niners who are a legacy franchise in in the nfl so it's you know from from that standpoint like i I do think um, them being good is is great for us and great for content um them being this in particular just working you know historical streaks and uh, Christian McCaffrey's touchdown runs or touchdown uh, streaks and then, you know, Brock Purdy ascending really from out of nowhere to playing at, you know, one of the highest levels in the NFL when it comes to quarterback play. So, yeah, I would say the 49ers right now are, are great for business and, and great for all of us making content. Chris, what what challenges do you think that this week could could present for the Niners going against a, a really good Browns defense? And also, I mean, we're we're just checking the weather every day. It seems like it's going to be pretty nasty weather heading into that game. Uh, what, what kind of challenges do you think the Browns and the the weather could potentially cause the Niners? Yeah, I think there's, you know, there's obviously a human nature element at play, right? Like the 49ers and you, you talk to them after the game, they were so locked in and focused during practice all week for that Cowboys game in particular. You do wonder if there's ever an element of, of maybe having a letdown game, maybe that factors in. Sunday in Cleveland, I would have said, you know, before, before Sunday's game, like God, like Micah Parsons and, and Miles Garrett back-to-back weeks, that's going to be really tough for Colton McKivitz. But mm-hmm. the way Kyle Shanahan threw so many different looks at Micah Parsons, um, it, 
you know, with Miles Garrett coming, obviously they're different players, but they're they're similarly effective. Um, it just gives you a whole lot more confidence that they're going to be able to deal with that edge rush in a way that maybe you wouldn't have been able to predict uh, before Sunday's game. Because, look, like Colton McKivitt's first time starting uh, full-time at, at right tackle, you know, not somebody you would think is, is going to shut down one of the premier edge rushers in the game. But the 49ers did so many different things to Micah Parsons that really just sort of kept his head spinning throughout the game. And he was clearly frustrated that maybe that does give you more confidence that they're going to neutralize Miles Garrett a little bit, and and that's probably going to be a huge part of their game plan. But yeah, the weather, um, the weather can obviously be sloppy if there is a knock on Brock Purdy physically. And George Kittle mentioned it after the game is his hands are kind of small for a quarterback, and and that might have been a reason why he went in the seventh round. I'm not saying it was the reason, but maybe a reason. Uh, and and maybe you know when you get conditions and and wet footballs and things like that, maybe that impacts it. But. Um, no, I think I, I think the 49ers have to be feel, feeling really good about where they're at, and if they they maintain the level of intensity they had in, in their preparation going into the Dallas game, um, they should be in a pretty good spot going into Cleveland. Zachariah Chris Watkins, Sacktown Sports 1140. It's a pleasure to be joined by Chris Biederman. Follow him on Twitter at that name and check out his Candlestick Chronicles podcast. Chris, I guess when you have a team this good. You get questions like this, and my question is, if the Niners do not win the Super Bowl, and I know we're looking way down the line, but if they do not, and it has nothing to do with injuries, do you think the offense or the defense will be more responsible for them not winning it? Oh, that's a that's a good question. Um, I mean, you remember in 2019, the, it, it was really both sides in the fourth quarter. It was, it was sort of a full team collapse. Mm-hmm. It was you know, allowing Patrick Mahomes to convert that long third down to, to Tyreek Hill with a coverage bust. It was, you know, the offense not being able to move the ball and pick up first downs. And Jimmy Garoppolo obviously missing Emmanuel Sanders for what could have been a game, a game-winning touchdown. Um, so, you know, it's, it's really hard for me to pick just one. The 49ers are, you know, have top, top five offenses, a uh, top five offense and defense right now. Uh, so, you know, they're, they're clicking on both sides of the ball and playing at a really high level and are super balanced. So it's hard for me to pick one, but I would guess like typically how Super Bowls go is, you know, you get a superhuman performance from, from an elite quarterback. So if they did get there and they did play the chiefs, I think it's more likely, uh, that, you know, Patrick Mahomes would carve, carve them up in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl than then the offense completely fall off because they do have so many weapons offensively. So I would say, you know, it's probably more likely that they run into a superhuman quarterback performance, a historic one, than than have the offense that have their own offense just sort of falter down the stretch. So, if you had to ask, I would say, you know, I guess the defense might be more might be more to blame in a scenario like that. But like you said, it's so far out that it's that it's pretty difficult to say. Chris, this question is coming from uh, somebody who just had their their favorite player, Justin Jefferson, hit the IR for the next coming weeks. Uh, do you feel like the the 49ers have a, a suitable amount of depth or, I guess, fail-safes with, you know, if Debo goes down, Ayuk is, is someone who's ready to step up, Juwan Jennings, Ray-Ray McLeod. Do you feel like they have suitable depth to withstand a couple injuries to some key players? Yeah, that to me is, I think, one of the one of the biggest underlying silver linings, I guess, for it to get in Christian McCaffrey, right? Because, right. you know, you, you say, oh, the 49ers have, have an embarrassment of riches. There's only one football to go around, blah, blah, blah. But if they do lose one of their guys, then you're not really going to see as much of a drop-off as, as you would if you did have somebody like Christian McCaffrey, right? right. Like, Debo Samuel and, and Christian McCaffrey do a lot of the same thing. So if you are missing one of those guys, there's not going to be quite the drop-off as there would be if you didn't have CMC 
Um, even, you know, Brandon Ayuk missing, missing the week three game, uh, you didn't really feel it all that much. And, and you know, even with, with George Kittle having a quiet first four games of the season and then teams obviously, you know, focusing their efforts on McCaffrey and the receivers, then that allows Kittle to get favorable matchups. And then he has a three-touchdown game on national TV against, you know, one of the best defenses in the league. So it's, I would say, yeah, absolutely. Like the 49ers, part of the reason why they, they've been willing to invest in so many different weapons offensively is it does give them that depth to where if they were to lose one guy, it wouldn't completely kill them. And, you know, they do have depth. Like Juwan Jennings is, is proven to be a good player. I think Ronnie Bell in an expanded role right. could, could, be, could be potentially a productive guy. You saw Jordan Mason have a really nice game Sunday night. In, in the second half. So, yeah, I think overall, when, when you look at the 49ers offense, they can absolutely withstand any injuries if they need to. I'm like Santa Claus. I'm making a list and I'm checking it twice. And I got to <laughs> ask you, you can tell me what you agree with or disagree with. I think in terms of teams that the Niners should actually fear, I've got the Chiefs, I've got the Dolphins, I've got the Eagles. Then I have a pesky list, which is Seahawks, uh, Lions and Rams. What would you do in terms of talking about teams that you think could put an actual scare in the Niners? Where would you go with that? I would add Buffalo. Um, I think, you know, obviously they, they've had injuries on the defensive side, but you remember in, in 2020, the, the, the game in Arizona, when the 49ers are forced to play there during the pandemic, Josh Allen just really carved them up, right? And it was it, I, I think that game sort of influenced Kyle Shanahan to, to go make the investment in trying to get Trey Lance and trying to get sort of an elite quarterback because of the way Josh Allen just had answers for everything they were doing against him. And obviously that 2029ers team at that point in the year was dramatically different than where they are now. But I, I think, you know, if there's one way to beat the 49ers, in, in my opinion right now, it's with a quarterback that can do a little bit of everything. It's somebody who can make plays with his legs, somebody who has a big arm, who can make explosive throws downfield. And Josh Allen still represents that to me. And like I said, I know the Bills have, have injuries defensively and um, obviously didn't look great Sunday against Jacksonville over in London, but I would absolutely add them to, to that mix of teams if, if they were to get there, just because when you have a quarterback that dynamic, that can – that can be, you know, that can be enough of a factor even against an elite defense to to potentially win you a game. So I, I would still pick the 49ers against the Bills, but in terms of all the teams you mentioned, I would absolutely add Buffalo to that list. Mm. Chris, what what do you think adding Randy Gregory does to to for this pass rush? Yeah, it gives them more depth. I mean, you saw Drake Jackson leave the game momentarily, and uh, I think it was late in the second quarter on Sunday, and and now you just have another guy who has the potential to to be an impact player and. Um, you know, it's it, for for the 49ers when when the first, when the trade first happened, I was wondering, you know, how much of the salary are they picking up because it doesn't doesn't seem like them to to make a big investment in a guy who's had as many issues as he had as he's had um, whether injury wise or away from the field dealing with suspensions and stuff like that. But to see how much Denver Denver's picking up the vast majority of his salary, it's really a you know a low risk proposition for the 49ers to, to add him. But, you know, you look at that pass rush with Nick Bosa and Javon Hargrave and Eric Armstead and um, even, you know, Drake Jackson when he's playing well can be an effective player for them. But you add somebody with the potential to be, you know, a, a first-round type talent uh, on the other side for relatively cheap. I mean, that's, you know, that, that's, that's what happens when you're a really good team. You're able to attract players who just want to go to ideal situations where they could potentially get paid the following year. And I think that's what – that's what Randy Gregory's camp did. They looked at it and said, like, this is an ideal situation for, 
for our guy to, to come in and be productive and be part of a winning program with arguably the best defensive line coach in the NFL. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if he c- comes in and provides something similar to what D4 did in 2019 when he was, you know, I know D4 dealt with hamstring injuries and, and was – um, was wasn't as available as the 49ers would have liked, but when he was in there, they were they were really lights out in terms of pass rush. So, I think there's a possibility that he could add that. And even if he doesn't, it's you know the 49ers still have a great pass rush. So it's it's uh, I think it's it's not it's a, it's a hard to lose in that situation as long as Gregory's a you know upstanding citizen and quality teammate and all those things. Chris Biederman, follow him on Twitter at that name. Check out the Candlestick Chronicles podcast. Before you go. Can you name me the quarterback for the Niners when the Bills put it on them, 34-24, to 24, in uh, at Levi's? Can you tell me who the quarterback for the Niners was? In uh, in 2020? Yeah. Was that C.J. Beathard? Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins. Okay. Yeah, one of the two. I knew it wasn't, I knew it wasn't Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, for sure. All right. Thank you for the time, Chris. Appreciate no you. No problem, Zach. Th- thanks a lot, guys. There you go. Bye, Chris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was talking about Josh Allen. He was – 32 of 40 for 375 yards and four TDs. <laughs> I've heard, just like Chris mentioned there, I have heard that that is the game that literally, literally. sparked the interest in them getting a guy like Trey Lance. I mean, wow. that game really opened the mind of Kyle Shanahan to, if I had someone like that I need who can run, <laughs> who can throw the ball wherever, <laughs> yeah. my offense is, I mean, and then you throw in my offense to that, like that's that's a cheat code, and that, that, was, that was the day that, the beginning of the end, as some could call it. Hey, Nick Mullins had three TDs, 316 yeah. yards. Two interceptions, though. Ugh. Brandon Ayuk, five catches, 95 yards, and a touchdown. Yeah, I don't remember that beatdown. 34-24, yeah. that's pretty sound. Niners were 5-7 and seven after that game. Bills, 9-3. Mm-hmm. and three. All right, coming up next, the NBA offseason. It is the gift that keeps on giving. And there is one guy, disgruntled guy, but showed up to camp guy. Because I think he doesn't want to lose his money, guy. Uh, we'll talk about that. Plus, uh, CP3, the Warriors are going to be very interesting this year for a whole bunch of reasons. But we'll get into all of that coming up next. He's Chris Watkins. I'm Zachariah. This is Sacktown Sports, 1140. Sacktown Sports. Welcome back, Sacramento. Alongside Chris Watkins, I am Zachariah. This is Sacktown Sports 1140. Be heard, be read, 916-339-1140. Check us out live streaming on YouTube. Just search Sacktown Sports. Coming up at the bottom of the hour. Why I'm even less worried than I was even before. For the Niners game on Sunday, I think. We'll see. I mean, I'm not... To me, this injury situation is not even going to really affect how I feel about the game, but I'll really be disinterested. um, Yeah. If this... Game uh, changer. Yeah, exactly. So, we'll do that bottom of the hour. But right now, the NBA offseason. James Harden, one of the most interesting characters. Now, I know how much you love the NBA. Yes. And um, I... I feel like you might know the answer to this question, but why okay. exactly? Okay, so this is what I'll tell you what I've heard, and then you can tell me you can either confirm it or mm-hmm. alter it. Okay. I basically, from what I've gathered from the interwebs and all the rumors or whatever, is that Maury promised Harden, like Harden took less mm-hmm. at a time 
because he's been dealing with Maury for years yes. for over multiple different teams. Mm-hmm. And he promised him more money than what they actually gave him, and that's why he's upset. Is that what you've gathered? Uh, yeah, for the most part, that's pretty much it, is that Daryl Morey told James, hey, sign for this amount of money. It's going to be less than what you feel like you deserve, but I promise you that on the back end, we'll extend you, and you'll get the money that 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 you're missing out on now, essentially. And then what ended up happening is James pretty much learned at the start of last year that Daryl Morey had changed his mind and wasn't intending to re-sign him, which is why we ended up hearing at the um, at the All-Star break last year that, oh, James Harden is thinking about going to Houston because mm-hmm. that was a leverage play. That was him trying to say, hey, I can I can find somewhere else who will pay me, so – uh, you know, you you if you want to keep me, you better fork up for it. And essentially, James Harden called Daryl's Morey, Daryl Morey's bluff uh, when Daryl didn't offer him an extension to start the offseason. That's why he opted into his contract. Got and it. that is why we are currently set in the situation we are in now where James Harden is, I believe, set to make like thirty five million dollars this this season. And then thirty five point six. He yep. agreed to pick up uh, his player option. And uh, as he famously said at a Adidas media event yeah, in, in China, China, yeah, or he could. I said Houston, he could go to China. That's always an option. <laughs> Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. And then he had to repeat it yeah. in case he wasn't heard. Let me say that again: Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization yeah. that he's a part of. But he has shown up to camp. Yes, yes. So he's probably going to Reluctantly what? showed up. Yeah. yeah. So do you think, I mean, how do you see this going? We've had conversations before Ugh. when we were talking about Dame and how we think that no matter what the situation was, yeah. he was going to show up and, and, and put his best effort out. Yeah. But we've already had evidence from James Harden yeah. of him showing up in what we joke about being a fat suit, right. looking totally out of shape yeah. and not trying at all. So do you yeah. expect him just to do that and totally like – Yeah. I mean, I don't know what the other options are. Like, is there well, is there any try his best and try to win no, a championship I, with Embiid and get a fat contract? <laughs> From the Philadelphia perspective, oh, oh, I'm yeah, saying yeah. like I don't know what Philly can really do besides just accept him into camp. And if he says he's willing to play, then it's it's kind of the ball's kind of back in Philadelphia's court to where they have to decide. Okay, do we want to play this guy when he clearly isn't? going to be hyper motivated for us to do incredibly well and you know is he is he going to show up in a fat shoot will he show up in shape uh when, when the regular season starts I think those are all the things that Philly's got to kind of account for now but James Harden I mean I think James is just going to continue to make himself a malcontent he's going to make it uh as difficult as possible for for Philadelphia and I I would imagine that any time a microphone gets put in James Harden's face, he will pretty much let his intentions be known about as blatantly as possible. So I think it's a weird situation we're in. It's a situation that both parties have have kind of made by their own doings. And, uh, yeah, it's just an incredibly awkward situation and one that I can't imagine – is going to be productive for the uh, for the Philadelphia 76ers win-loss record this year. Well, let's hear from Woj here in terms of how this whole thing is starting to unfold because I have what's supposed to be the rumored current offer for James Harden. But let's hear from Woj first. The Clippers would like to get a deal done sooner than later. They also don't want to raise their offer given they're the only team That's right. that is bidding That's on correct. him. They've offered Philly more than anybody else has. A first-round pick 
a pick swap, expiring contracts. What the Clippers are trying to do right now, are essentially saying to Daryl Morey, okay, you don't believe that our 2028 unprotected first has enough value. They're going around to other teams and seeing if that 28 pick and or a pick swap gets them maybe multiple picks. So if you're a team that is either the teams who are interested in this conversation, teams who have lots of picks, and say, okay, we'll give you two protected picks for that chance in 2028 where we think you might be really bad, right? Mm -hmm. You age out with these stars, you don't have young players. Where Daryl Morey's looking at the Clippers and saying, Steve Ballmer's never been under 500. They will figure out a way to have a competitive team. That right. may not be a great pick. And so I think for the Clippers right now, it's we're not trying to offer you more. We're not giving you that 2030 first round pick, but let's see what we can turn that 2028 pick, see if we can flip it, and then see if there's something that more interests Daryl Morey. But that being said, there's no traction. They're not close to anything. <laughs> and haven't we already learned this lesson that they're not going to – I mean, Portland had the same thing going yes, on, that, right? Yes, it sounds like deja vu all over again. Exactly, that the Heat weren't going to bid against yes, themselves. Not, yep. And then all of a sudden, Portland ended up getting a way better deal. Right, um, but from someone else. That's, the, that's yeah. the key is somebody else was able to offer them something better. Has to come in, yeah. And you and I have both kind of theorized that that came from the amount of times – Giannis uh, made it very clear that, you know, he would like to have his entire career uh, in Milwaukee, but yeah. only if he's being put in positions to win championships. So, right. like, maybe they would, you know, another team would have to have a disgruntled star that right. would want Harden or something like that. But I don't know who wants James Harden at this point. Like well, Apparently the Clippers. I think, yeah, I mean, they'll they'll definitely take him. They're trying to add as much star power as possible, but it doesn't sound like they're trying to – I think the key is I don't know if anyone's going to give up anything of of substance in order to get a guy like that. Yeah. I mean, that is a, a first-round pick and a pick swap and expiring contracts. I would think that that would be enough at this point for Harden. But what is that first round like to to what the the Philadelphia 76ers are concerned about? Like that's a that's the 20 we'll just say it's the yeah. uh, in the 20s yeah. in the first round. Yeah. You're talking pick swaps. Yeah. Well, that's more all. than likely mm -hmm. you're not going to convey those and yeah. then, you know, the young play like it doesn't in in Woj's statement there, he didn't say that there was any, you know, Terrence Mann's out there or, or uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, uh yeah, Terrence Mann. That's what Mann they want, or, Terrence Mann, yeah. Or, that's know, what they're holding out for. Yeah. So, and so, and yeah. multiple future first round picks. Right. Let, let's go to the phone lines. Sal in SMO Beach. What's up, Sal? Hey, uh good afternoon. Uh first off, before I lose my train of thought, uh Harden says he's a disgruntled player. I'm kind of a disgruntled fan on not all of sports because I I watch sports and I love it and uh was a big time Kings fan and uh I find myself saying more and more you guys can cut me off at any time, but I have a couple questions. Um, you know, I miss the I'm, – I'm so excited for the Kings this year. And I kind of turned my back on 1140 a couple years ago, and I've always followed Grant. I love Grant. I've met Grant several times, and, um, and I jump on the YouTube thing. But uh, I, I find myself often saying more times than not, like, I love – Iverson way more than Curry. I think Jordan's the best. You know, like, I was just wondering if I'm too old and if the game is passing by. And when I hear things, these stories such as Harden, not saying he'll do this, do that, and wherever Maury is, and if he's a liar, who knows? That's something he's got to deal with. But the mentality of, like, I'll give you this money, you'll get more money, 
and and it's like, why why doesn't Harden? I guess it's like a, a, a values and a moral uh, conundrum or a microscopic view of what society is right now. Thank you for the phone call, Sal. I don't know exactly where that was going, but uh, yeah. Anyways, um, I think I kind of got what he was saying. I mean, look, here's what I ultimately think for Harden is that I would look at this and I would go, I'm going to have my best season so that I get a big contract yeah. next year. If he proves his worth, yeah. remember, he had two games in that Boston series where he basically single-handedly won them, yeah. and then he had a couple of duds. Yeah. But if he goes out and has a great year, then he'll get a contract. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, I, I can understand what I think Sal was trying to get at there uh, with, with I mean, you know, the, the way that – Players now are are you know getting these these like backdoor contracts and mm-hmm. all these negotiations and how it's like affecting the on the floor product. It's just it's not good for fans. Like I don't think anyone enjoys the the NBA being like this. Yeah. And, and the fact that James is has made himself, you know, and, and you can tie it into the Dame conversation as well. Like I I just I don't know if I know player empowerment is good. Like I'm I'm pro player empowerment yeah. even if this is this dame and this hardened situation are probably like stretching it about as far as as mm-hmm. it should go and you can argue anthony davis did the same in new orleans but yeah. i think you're going to lose a lot of fans in general because i think a lot of people are, are going to say okay at what point is this going to be my team like you know it, it doesn't ever feel like it's going to be you until it is like what if De'Aaron Fox in three or four years? I, I don't. De'Aaron doesn't seem to be like one of those guys, but Damian Lillard didn't either. Yeah. How much? You know. How are? How is the NBA going to be able to survive 15, 20 years from now when everyone, every fan is going to have a story of, oh yeah, my my favorite player. He was my favorite player for four or five years, and then he asked out of my my team, and you know, at, at some point, is it really going to become you know? everyone's going to be fans of players and not teams because they feel so burned or will they even drop the NBA in total because they feel burned? I, I, I don't know, but I could understand why people are starting to head towards that direction. Yeah, for sure. And it just, it stinks when it has to go public, but right. But, I mean, that's but, the worst of it all, but they do it because I think they privately try to handle it and yeah. then it goes public and then it's just a bad look for fans. Yeah. Um, you know, for the most part, all right, coming up next, an injury update that'll be very important for the San Francisco 49ers. Plus, we have some audio. Kavon Looney does what Chris Paul would never do. Hmm. We'll find all of that out next. He's Chris Watkins. I'm Zachariah, Sacktown Sports, 1140. Sacktown Sports. Check us out on YouTube. Search Sacktown Sports and subscribe. Welcome back, Sacramento. Alongside Chris Watkins, I am Zachariah. This is Sacktown Sports 1140. Coming up at 1140 or something like that. Getting to know you. It is fifth. Fun in the 40s. As Chris and I get to know each other, I ask him questions. I usually have a direct answer. Usually it takes a little bit longer for Chris to come up with his. Yeah. But we get to know each other, so we'll do that then. But right now, in, in just in case um, you Niners fans are not already feeling great mm-hmm. and confident that you will continue your undefeated season, 
The Cleveland Browns, this is a quote from dogsbynature.com. Oh, you know that's I know you subscribe yeah. to that oh, site, yeah. right? Oh, yeah, Dogs by Nature. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Nate. Uh, they have come out of their bye week with more uncertainty, it seems, than they went in with. Quarterback Deshaun Watson, after missing the team's week four loss to Baltimore Ravens, was not on the practice field Monday. Head coach Kevin Stefanski mm. used language like, quote, functionally ready, end quote, okay. to vaguely describe what the Browns are hoping from Watson. On top of that, <laughs> offensive lineman Joel Bitonio was not at practice and, according to a report, left the facilities on crutches during the bye week. Oh, gosh. It is unknown what kind of issue the veteran lineman is dealing with. So we're probably – it's a rotator cuff contusion. Have you ever had one of those? Uh, no, I cannot say I've had the pleasure of uh, contuding my uh, my rotator cuff. No. The rotator cuff contusion adds specificity – I have hard with that word – to yep. the injury that was previously just noted as a shoulder contusion. Beyond that clarity, unless the team discloses more details about the injury, it is hard to know what the contusion might entail. Seems like a problem for a, a quarterback, right? Yeah, I think, a, I think have, your rotator cuff bruised rotator cuff well, i can imagine how throwing would, yeah. would be a little painful at that point usually when you throw you need to rotate your cuff yeah, usually usually um, no expert here yeah not a quarterback so you know, people always say not a doctor but i'll say not a quarterback here but in place of watson rookie dorian thompson robinson had a rough performance against baltimore wasn't great leading to whispers that veteran pj walker could get the nod this week. Mm. Man, I bet the Niners are staying up all night, Scared. Chris, planning Scared. for either Dorian Thompson-Robinson or P.J. Walker. Watching Scared. XFL footage of P.J. Yeah. Walker, right? Oh, my gosh. That's probably that's where they're getting all the game footage Wouldn't from. be surprised if we see Josh yeah. Johnson on the practice squad this week, huh? Yeah. You know what? I say that as a joke, but they probably do. Like, if P.J. Walker played, do you watch XFL footage? Well, I think you kind of have to. He's played in 15 games, including seven starts in his right. career, all with the Carolina Pretty Panthers. Pretty good. Huh. Yeah, he was, yeah. He was decent. He was okay. Okay. Nothing nothing crazy, nothing that the yeah. 49ers should be hyper-concerned about. Once but, again, uh, we will find ourselves yeah. on Monday talking about a comfortable win. But let's go back to the round ball. And while I'm going to be obviously glued to everything Kings-related, I do think the Warriors, just because of – how everything went down. Basically, mm-hmm. I think that their last title changed everything because I think that management and ownership and everybody involved, mm-hmm. I think part of this is why maybe Myers left or maybe Myers just wanted to leave. Has he signed a TV deal? He's going to be on TV, not right? Not yet. No, not He's yet. He's going to be on He's TV. Been- at every single Niners game, home game this year. Really? Yeah. I don't so know maybe he's just enjoying his life. Yeah, yeah, would not surprise me. He definitely should. I mean, the Bay Area has got a lot to offer if you're a rich man, and uh, yeah, some tells <laughs> He's me he, that. he should be he should be enjoying his time. Right I now. thought for sure he was going to get into TV. I, I I'm would guessing be we're going to see him. Doesn't at some point. Yeah, but um, anyways, they the Warriors had this thing where they had the core of Steph, Clay, and Draymond. Mm-hmm. Hell, they still have that core. They do. And but then they had picks because they you know uh, KD came. Yep. And then he popped his Achilles he the same that. year that uh, Clay tore his ACL. Yep. And then Steph hurt his hand that yeah. year. Yes. Whatever it was, they were awful. Mm-hmm. They got the number two pick. They took Wiseman. Yep. They traded some guys for other people. Like, basically, they were starting a youth movement. Yes, I remember. And then they won the title when nobody thought they were, which led management and everybody to go, okay, well, now we can't get rid of them. We just won the title. Mm-hmm. So now, and then 
They bring in, well, the whole pool thing is totally crazy in and of itself. That's like a TMZ report. Yep. But he comes in, gets punched out by Draymond. Last season doesn't go great because Draymond can't lead. After he had done that, he had lost the trust of his teammates or whatever it is. So they trade pool for CP3 who's on an expiring contract, is getting very long in the tooth, has yeah. broken down late, you know, in the later stages of his career. And then there was all the talk about whether or not he was going to start. I'm sorry, you can stop me at any point. No, I'm just giving just you the whole the run. I'm just giving you the whole rundown. Then he comes in, meets with the Bay Area media, and tells the lady, are you coaching the team? When she says, <laughs> how is it going to feel to come off the bench for the first time? And then you just look at the starting lineup and you're like, well, who's not going to start? Something's got to give. Exactly. And here is Kevon Looney, apparently, um, doing what Chris Paul would never do. I'm used to it. And the, the other five guys that probably, if they're going to start, they're going to start over. Their guys are all-stars. It's not like, all right, but they brought in somebody that I feel like I'm just, my resume's better. I've been here. But these guys are like, you know, bringing Chris Paul. He's a Hall of Famer. We just made the all-star game not too long ago. Play, uh, Clay's. They, they're who they're bona fide in their position and status in the league. So for me to be on a same level or or Steve say I'm not just gonna give it to him just because it's just that's a that's a win for me because I know in the years past it'd have been all right long you just go to the dimension. That's how you're supposed to do it. I was just gonna say that's nice and humble. Let's start with just a little mini round of Ra- applause it for Kevon. You Looney. know what? Not enough people. How often do you get athletes like that? Oh my god! You know what I mean? Just to a T. Perfect quote. And I look. I kind of understand, you know, I mean, he's saying like, look, I'm not tripping, you know, like these guys are all he's Hall like, of Famers. Hey, I get it. But at they're the, them. But at the same time, is that the best decision for the product that's going to be on the court? Because Kevon Looney, as you really well yes, know, yes. and as I uh, rewatched had, all those games, he had a huge hand yes. in them beating the Kings in seven games. Yeah. So does that give him the best squad? Chris Paul at the one. Steph Curry at the two, Clay Thompson at the three, Andre Wiggins at the four, and Draymond at the five? That's I, pretty small. I don't think so, yeah. I mean, Draymond showed last year that he lost a, a half step or maybe even a full step. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a terrible rebounding situation. There's no way Wiggins and, and Draymond are going to be big enough to to get enough boards. And, you know, that's that's like the Warriors trying to play the old hits. And they, you know, they're 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 way past their prime of hitting the hits like that. Draymond is is no longer capable of really being that that death lineup center he can definitely do it in spurts but if you're talking about we're gonna put in this this lineup that's just gonna throw off everybody Mm -hmm. they're not those guys anymore Draymond doesn't shoot at that level Clay doesn't defend at that level anymore either it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty much I would say impossible for them to run significant minutes without Kevon Looney in that lineup I just think that you're you're sacrificing way too much and and frankly I don't really know besides you know, just a steadying ball handler and someone who's not going to turn the ball over. I don't really know what you are necessarily getting in return for losing everything that you lose, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, for sure. And like even in the heyday of the Splash Brothers, yeah. they had Zaza. Right. Yes. You know, yeah, the, it was you a know. great five. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think that'll be another team. Not as many. I mean, they still have Kaminga, Looney, Gary Payton II, Moses Moody. So I think there'll be some different variations. They also got Dario. uh, Sorry, it's right. Yeah. So you could see different iterations, but just on the surface – and I guess if it doesn't matter to him, it shouldn't matter to us, right? Exactly. And and good on him. But it matters to Chris Paul. 
It matters big time to Chris. Certainly. Paul. Although, didn't you? Didn't didn't we have something where you said that he did come off the bench one time, like in the uh, Olympics yeah, or actually, something? Yeah. Do you have that sound? This is yeah, Chris Paul yeah, actually admit after, as you said in your in your synopsis of of how the Warriors got here. Yeah. Chris Paul made it very was very adamant to that reporter. Uh, are you the coach? Because last time I checked, the coaches who puts me exactly. in the, on the bench, yeah, and yeah. I don't come off the bench because yeah. I'm Chris Paul. Yeah. Unless this happens. In 08. You know, for me, uh, I actually had an opportunity in 08 to come off the bench for the Olympic team. You know what I mean? Oh. That went pretty well. And I think anybody who knows me knows that I'm all about winning. Oh. You know what I mean? Whatever huh? whatever I can do to help our team win. So huh? I know coaching us, we're going to talk about it and see what it looks like. We've been hooping all summer, and I think – um, you know, for, for the season, you know, it's, it's going to be whatever to, to help our team win. Mm. And I think I've at least tried to show or proven that my entire career. So I don't think changed their tone really quick. I also have never believed anybody less in yeah. my entire life. His yeah. entire answer is you can just tell he yeah. doesn't believe what he's saying. No. It's like, yeah, no, He's it's, like, no, it's, no, no, it's I'm not a, really a big deal. I'm a team I, player. I, I what are you talking the, about? I, I'm just trying to win. That one time. Literally he, that one time. When it was in the Olympics and everybody else was a Hall of Famer. That one time. That, yeah. No one talks about that one time, though. Yeah, and I like how he phrased it. I'm I, a great teammate. I like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm so good. I like how I'm he phrased best. it. I had the opportunity to come off the I'm bench. The, yeah. I oh, had yeah. the opportunity. Yeah, yeah. To come, not that I had to come off the bench. Yeah. I had the opportunity yeah. to come off the bench. Anyways, we'll coming see. up we'll next. We'll see how that plays out. It's time to plead the fifth. Fun in the 40s. Getting to know you edition. We'll do that next. Chris Walk and Zachariah, Sacktown Sports, 1140. Sports. Call or text at 916-339-1140. Welcome back, Sacramento. Alongside Chris Watkins, I am Zachariah. Sacktown Sports 1140 coming up top of the hour. Niners all up in everybody's mouth. And that Niners win over the Cowboys might have some long-term ramifications like big time talk about uh the quarterback for the Cowboys like they might have just they might have just like not only won that game Chris mm-hmm. they might have crushed the entire yeah. franchise of Dallas might have set them back a couple years because there's people throwing some stuff out there mm. but right now it's time for fun in the 40s we all plead the fifth we have fun and this is the getting to know you edition in case you couldn't tell by the music in the background. Now, I don't know how many times I'm going to be repeating questions, Chris. So if, it, if at any point I've yep. already asked you this, gotcha. let me know. I will. Because there's only like 9 billion getting to know you questions, but I've, maybe sometimes I pick out my favorites and maybe I'll repeat it. But have I asked you, Chris, what your favorite season is? I don't believe so. Okay. So we have favorite winter. Year, yeah. We have spring. Yep. We have summer. Yep. We have fall. Mm-hmm. Of those four, where do you go? I got a direct answer if yeah. you want to think about it. No, I think I got it. Okay. I think it's literally this point in time right now in the calendar. That would so be like, fall, this right? Is fall. Yep. I got my birthday. You got basketball starting up, football mm-hmm. starting to heat up. Good point. Also, the weather's not heating up. It's mm-hmm. cooling down mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, we both got sweatshirts on right now. Jason Ross had a sweatshirt on. I'm yep. like, this is this is what I'm asking for. This is, you know, during Sacramento summer, it's just 
It's a little bit too hot, yeah. especially nowadays. It's getting like, you know, 110s for a week straight, and it's mm-hmm. just like – I can't do it. Yeah. And so uh, this this stretch right here that we're in is really like you can feel the season starting to turn. And, and this is this is by far my favorite part of the year, actually. Fair enough. So I have two in two different categories. So my answer is definitely not summer or winter. Sure. Yeah. So it's two either, extremes, both it, ends. It's yeah. either spring. Or, well, people, some people love the summer. Like mm-hmm. there's holidays, yes. vacation, you know, all that stuff. But I don't. I, I'm not a. In heat our business, guy. it's the slowest time of the year. Well, so. that too. I'm not <laughs> yeah, even yeah. relating it to business. Right. I'm just talking about personal. But yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, you have to like make up, you know, Tons standings and ratings and, and yeah, yeah, all that stuff. Um, but yeah, so I'd have to choose between spring and fall, and I yeah. would go fall too. Not just because of the sports, but because I spring's a little bit hotter than. So sure. I don't like it like super cold like winter. Right. Same. I don't like it super hot like summer. But if I had to choose between. A little bit warmer, which yep. is spring, yep. or a little bit colder, which is fall. I would take fall too. So nice. we, have the, we have the same answer on that one. Love that. Um, do you often give people second chances? You know, I really haven't been scorned too bad by anybody to really like have to consider, like you know, because sometimes like that can be a really you know that's that's a that's sometimes deep. that's a deep level of like acceptance of and coming yeah. to the other side of yeah. things. Yeah. And, I would say I haven't really had to to truly go through that, fortunately, so far in my life. Nice. I think for the most part, honestly, probably not. <laughs> I really yeah. think that for the most part, if my mind is made up on, on someone mm-hmm. in particular, mm-hmm. it would take something pretty drastic in terms of actions, not necessarily even words, that would have to flip my mind to it. So yeah. it also would take a lot, though. Like, I, I do give a good amount of leeway like once you're on the good side of me you know i think i think i generally would like to yeah. keep you but the way i see it is it, it just depends on how that person goes about getting the second chance sure so if they come hat in hand i messed up yeah i'm i'm pretty easy on the yeah. giving a second chance sure but i'm with you it, Unless they do that. And also then severity of what they yeah. did the first well, time. Well, that's true, Definitely. too. That's true, too. Forgive, but factor. don't forget. Yeah. That's how I live, But baby. is that like, there you go. Uh, whatever, let's get what? into it. Is that healthy, though? No, dude, I'm not, no. Like, I do not <laughs> have a healthy <laughs> like, lifestyle. Because, like, my thing is, like, the worst thing that you could do is, quote, unquote, forgive somebody. But mm-hmm. then, I mean, I guess in Nate's example, not forget. Like, if you're going to yeah. continually bring it up or hold it over someone's oh, head. That's like, different. When you bring, yeah. like, you can kind of get over it, but be like, hey, this guy stole $20 from me. I'm not going to forget that. Sure. But, like, if you come hat in hand, you, yeah. you know, buy me a snack or something. Sure. But <laughs> this is the guy who stole 20 Like, bringing it up all the time is annoying. Yeah, that's, that's annoying, so annoying when people yeah. don't. Yeah, that's, that's the worst. That's different. Yeah. All right, I I don't actually know the answer to this question. I think that I do, but you might surprise me. What's your favorite sport to watch? It's basketball. That's what it's I even thought. still basketball. Yeah, okay. Like even even Just double all, all levels of basketball. I, I I really don't care. I'll watch high school basketball. I'll watch college basketball. Obviously, any any version of pro basketball. I'll I'll tune in. Have you? I feel like every. What about you? Oh, basketball. Basketball. Okay. I'm a hooper. I mean football. Okay, this is the thing about football. I've always had this theory. Uh-huh. It makes you wait. Oh yeah, there's tons. You know of what I mean? Yes. Like you have to wait for Sunday, so you get oh, all for like, the date. Right. like with basketball, yeah. it's every day, so yeah. it's easy You're to getting not fix yeah. all the time. But it's in like, terms of the sport that I love the most, it's yeah. basketball. Mm-hmm. But like interest level, I feel like it might be more football, just sure. because 
right, you the know, it's like it's Sunday, it's Sunday. Right. Yeah, exactly. This question, hasn't everybody experienced deja vu? Yes. Okay. I think people experience it differently, though. Wow. Okay. And what, but, nobody's, nobody's third but nobody's eye. We're not, opening our third eye but, here. But nobody's not experienced deja vu, right? I don't know. I don't know. I experience it all the time. It could be a song. Yeah. Uh-huh. It could be like a, even a conversation where I'm like, I had this conversation. I yeah. get deja vu all the time. I don't get it very often, but when I do, it's usually like, I mean, as deja vu tends to be, it's mo- it's mainly like I'll have a conversation. Sometimes I'll realize it as the conversation's happening where I'm like, you're going to say this, and then I'm going to say this. Some Most of the time, though, it's we have a conversation, and then like a second later, I'm like, I've already seen this. I've I like I dreamt this, <laughs> or this. Yeah, yeah. just went through like you know blacked out or whatever, whatever for five minutes. I daydreamed about this. But. Do you think everything is set in stone? Then everything's gonna happen. Um, like everything that's gonna happen will happen. Oh, you're getting real deep yeah. now. No, no, I don't okay. think so. No, think fate can, can change at yeah. any second. I think yeah. I've known too okay. many people that don't deserve it that are lucky, and too many people that well, do deserve it that are not lucky. That's. That's karma. Different. That's yeah. Di- yeah. I don't know. All right, think, quickly, like, do you have yeah. a favorite TV show? Um, of all time? Yeah. No, a favorite? No. Um, no, I wouldn't say I have a favorite of all. None, none like stick out more than any. I think like Sopranos is probably the best show I've ever seen. Okay. But I wouldn't say like favorite. I don't have like an. Uh, you know how people like with The Office, they're like just turn it on. Yeah, it's my background show. Office I don't really is have a one huge cult like, following. Yeah, maybe Community. I really, really liked Community when it was I didn't on know you were a Community guy. Huge Community guy. Nice, I've seen dude. every episode multiple nice. times. Nice. Yeah. yeah. If, if anything, I would guess I would say that. I have some honorable mentions: King of Queens, oh, sure. Parks and yeah. Rec. Uh, offices on there, but I I would have to go sign. So this like big, oh. I'd that, have to go sign. Is Kevin James the guy who's being mean right now? That's yes. Yeah, what yeah, is, yeah. is that? Is we'll that talk about that in your the commercials right yeah. now? No, I have no idea what that means about. <laughs> but I love that show. Well, it's kind of just like a like a quirky, cute face yeah. to yeah. like describe. You know, just to kind of be under the radar. I don't know. It, I don't but know. it's like totally viral right now. Yeah, I'm like that. I don't even remember that scene. But right anyway, it's a stock Alley. photo. No, yeah. it's uh, it's not a scene. It's 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 taken from a photo shoot. Oh, okay. Emotional shooters. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how it blew up. Just being up. like, yeah. eh. well, you know, like, like there's the noise. buddy cops where like yeah. they'll be back to back with their yeah, arms folded yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Like that's. I think that's what the Kevin James photo is. Is he's like, here's a guy yeah, who's yeah. living yeah. with his wife. How wacky is this <laughs> guy? Turns out she's really living with him. Oh, he spilled <laughs> mustard <laughs> on his pants. Yeah. Stuff like that. My favorite character though was Stiller, the dad, his father-in-law. Ah. Uh, Jerry, Didn't watch it. Jerry Stiller, also in Seinfeld. Anyways, uh, coming up next, did the did the Cowboys not only lose the game but lose their entire identity? People are really throwing some shade on a very prominent figure in the NFL. We'll talk about that next. Chris Watkins, Zacharias, Sacktown Sports, eleven forty.